Colleagues, welcome back to the office. We're going to get started with our presentation here just in a moment. But before we do, I have a couple of brief announcements to share with you. First, if you're watching our course live, please note that we'll confirm your engagement through polling questions uh, that you can respond to. Polling questions will occur about every 12 to 20 minutes, and please keep an eye out for them because they might not be announced. If you're watching after the fact, it's a self-study course. You will confirm your participation and engagement with our course today through a brief quiz that you'll complete on cpetoday.com after watching or listening to our presentation today. Your completion certificate will be sent to you by email. As long as you respond to 75% of the polling questions, if you're watching live, you will receive full credit for today's course. If you're watching after the fact as a self-study course, please note your certificate will be available to you immediately after passing the course quiz. We'd love to know what you think of our content and of our presentation today. If you wouldn't mind completing our course evaluation to provide your thoughts and feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, your feedback is used to help produce better and more insightful courses for you to consume in the future. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you're watching live, feel free to use the chat dialog box to ask your questions to the presenter. And if you're watching after the fact, you can send us an email at support at cpetoday.com and we'll follow up with you as quickly as we possibly can. As a reminder, the CPE Today podcast is available as a joint effort between CPE Today and K2. Twice a week, we're bringing you the latest and greatest in technology, accounting, business knowledge, and more. You can watch for free on cpetoday.com, YouTube, or Facebook. If you can't make the live presentation, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and listen to the show on your own time. All of our podcasts are eligible for CPE credit. After watching or listening, you just head over to cpetoday.com. You complete a short five-question quiz, and you'll earn a credit for watching or listening. Now, if you've never tried one of our classes before, how about you try one on us risk-free? You can use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout to make any podcast course of your choosing 100% free. We're going to get started here with our presentation. And again, thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. This is Excel Essentials for Staff Accountants. My name is Steve Yoss. Again, it is a pleasure being with you in our class. Uh, today's class is going to be looking at everything I think you need to know as a staff accountant to be effective and uh, useful and productive inside of your organization. Uh, Excel is one of those things. It is the Swiss Army knife of business. Uh, it's one of my favorite metaphors to use when discussing this application because it really can be and serve so many different incredible purposes for your organization. Everything from producing financial statements and doing detailed analysis to just being something for scratch work and figuring out and just doing a quick and dirty, uh, you know, um, analysis to figure out the, you know, profitability or figuring out what uh, inventory, you know, you should purchase or carry in the coming year and more. And it's a tool that many of us have already have some experience and familiarity with, but rarely are we specifically trained on how to use this tool effectively. Uh, and so we kind of, you know, just kind of learn on the job and most of us pick up things from other people. Um, but we don't ever kind of learn what those essentials might be, you know, and what, what we could essentially do uh, inside of this application at a ground level to really kind of be effective and powerful in this application. And what this uh, class is aimed at is really kind of aimed at providing that deep level of foundational skill within the context of using Excel uh, to give you the, uh, the, um, 
the insight and the uh, the skills necessary to not only just be able to use this application, but to really use it effectively. So in today's class, which is broken up into five different chapters, uh, we're going to be looking at you know, these fundamental principles and how we can leverage and use Excel effectively. Uh, we're going to start off first with discussing and designing our spreadsheets and what those might be. Uh, in here, we're going to talk about, uh, for example, creating navigation, creating hyperlinks, utilizing templates inside of Excel. I'm going to introduce a tool to you called the Inquire Toolbar, which is a useful tool if you're a heavy Excel user that you can use to leverage um, some additional features and functions around uh, comparing uh, workbooks to uh, documenting your cell relationships to cleaning excess formatting and more. Uh, from there, we're going to move on and take a look at formatting. And formatting, while that might seem like a really simple thing, unfortunately, a lot of people get formatting wrong, and they also spend an inordinate amount of time doing formatting inside of their workbooks. And so my intention here is to really kind of give you and pull back the lens a little bit on some of the tips and tricks that make formatting actually quite simple and a breeze inside of Excel. Um I see accountants for the most part spending way too much time formatting their workbooks uh, when in reality it's actually quite simple, especially if we use some of the built-in features and functions like styles, uh, whether it be pivot table styles, table styles, and more. Uh, we can do those uh, with one click rather than you know combining several different formatting options together to get the same effect. And so we'll talk a little bit about how you can leverage using uh, your uh, formatting. Now, formatting is beyond just the you know the the colors and the underlines with respect to cells. There's actually some other useful things to know here. You know, including how zeros are displayed, how dates are displayed, creating custom number formats, uh, and more. So there's actually quite a lot within formatting. And uh, out of all the chapters, I, this is usually the one people walk away from with some pretty good insight. You know, on things that they didn't know that could really help them on a day to day, especially as it relates to kind of producing producing gap-related financial statements. Uh, from there, we're going to go ahead and take a look at some formula stuff and some table stuff. Uh, tables are one of my absolute favorite, favorite features inside of Excel, and they are a very, very useful um, feature of the application. And uh, I'm going to introduce tables probably first because there's so many things within tables that I think you should know how to do that... Um, Frankly, I want to teach formulas in the context of tables. Um, tables, if you're not familiar with them, they are a container for information inside of your workbook. And now you might look at an Excel workbook and you say, Steve, well, there are you know rows and columns. I really feel like that's a table. And you're correct. There are rows and columns, but a table is a purposeful thing that you add to an Excel workbook. And they make virtually every operation inside of Excel better, more efficient, faster, and easier to use. Um, I use them constantly. They're probably the thing I do the most inside of Excel. Uh, they auto-replicate formulas. They make styling efficient. They are wonderful for precursor as a precursor functionality for things like pivot tables or charts, graphs, and more. And in the context of formula writing, the structured references that tables provide make it a no-brainer to use. And so we'll probably talk about tables first and then get into some formula fundamentals that I think are useful for you to know, uh, including alternatives to formulas too. Sometimes uh, formulas might not be the best option. And so I'll kind of show you some of the other things that you could do that can achieve the same effect as a formula, but uh, might be a little bit different with respect to how you go about doing it. Okay, 
Now, from there, we're also going to talk about some accounting-centric formulas. Uh, in this particular ch uh, chapter, we'll talk about, for example, the difference between subtotal and sum, uh, doing conditional comparison using uh, some ifs, super useful tool uh, where you can you know, sum or average or find the min or max based off of multiple criteria. We'll talk a little bit about text to columns. Um, and I'm also going to, in this chapter four, uh, introduce a tool that's not included in your book here, but I think is really useful for you to know called Power Query. Uh, Power Query, if you've never heard of it before, is a tool that allows you to create repeatable, refreshable reports. Uh, there's a mantra that I personally live by with Excel, write once, refresh many. If it's a workbook that I'm going to do month in, month out, I really want to make it so that I can make this thing as easily updatable as we can. And uh, Power Query is that tool that allows it. It's a ETL tool, extract, transform, and load, allowing us to extract and transform data from virtually anywhere uh, that is structured, whether it be another Excel workbook, a database, uh, the web, uh, API from an application, and more. Alrighty, we'll talk about some different lookup formulas, VLOOKUP, HLOOKUP, uh, index and match as well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit in chapter five here about pivot tables. Um, this is not going to be an exhaustive pivot tables course. This is an essentials class, but we will talk about the six elements that make up a pivot table, some different structured ways of creating pivot tables, grouping, and more. I will point out we do have uh, classes specifically, eight-hour classes just on pivot tables. So if this uh, piques your interest, you can definitely check out K2 as we definitely have uh, other classes specifically on that feature and function. Now, folks, this is just our starting off point. We can take this presentation in class any number of directions. And I would love to know if there's something specific that you would like to learn today. Um, if there's something you'd like to learn, if there's a particular feature or function in Excel that uh, is interesting to you, that you'd like to see some additional guidance on, demonstration on, uh, please, this is a great time to let me know. We've got a full day together, uh, and I will do my best to try to find the best place to incorporate that into our presentation. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and open up that chat box, shoot me a message, let me know what you're interested in, and I will do my best to try to incorporate that into our presentation for today. Alrighty. Now, before we get going, I got a couple of housekeeping announcements, and then we are going to go ahead and get started here. Again, my name is Steve Yoss. I am an instructor and presenter with K2. I've been a, an instructor with K2 now for many years. Uh, many of you I've had in classes before, and if you're a returning uh, student, thank you so much for coming. It's always a pleasure to have uh, you in our classes. And if you're a new student, Thank you. I appreciate you coming to check me out and coming to check out uh, what I have to teach here. Uh, in my life, my experience is split right down the middle. Half my life is spent writing and teaching and thinking about technology. Uh, I write anywhere from about 20 to 50 courses per year uh, on Excel, Power BI, databases, security, fraud, accounting, audit, you name it. And the other half of my life is spent doing software development in my business, Devmatics. Uh, my business, we build all different types of applications with our American-based uh, uh, engineering team. We build mobile apps. We build integrations between different tools. We build custom databases and more. If anybody has any questions on tech, by all means, please consider me a resource. You can always reach out, and I'd be happy to answer any questions or at least at the very, very minimum try to point you in the right direction. Alrighty, 
so looking through what people are interested in, Arian's interested in XLOOKUP. Excellent. We're going to go ahead and talk about that as well. Angela, advanced formulas. Angela, I will do my best to try to include some advanced stuff in there. I'll do my best to maybe talk a little bit about dynamic arrays and the Lambda function. It's probably the newest advanced stuff out there. Um, and if you got something specific that you're interested in, just ask. Uh, Alex writes in, something I would love, tips and tricks on how to convert PDFs to Excel, how I can make the how I can make that work the best. Okay, Alex, let me think about that, and I'll probably uh, answer that question after one of our breaks here. All right, folks, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. And the rest of our class today will be entirely inside of Excel. All righty, folks, let's go ahead and get started here with chapter one. And in chapter one, what we're going to be focusing on are understanding some of the best practices as it relates to designing and constructing our worksheets. And in this, what I want to do is I want to go ahead and discuss some of the fundamental rules of uh, spreadsheet design, how we can uh, create some specific structure inside of our workbooks uh, using hyperlinks, as well as air handling with if air, conditional formatting. We'll talk a little bit about the inquired toolbar as well, and some different processes for creating and optimizing our workflow. Now, what we're going to go ahead and start here first with is a discussion with respect to uh, with the discussion with respect to uh, some of the ways that we want to uh, figure out and document our workbook. And the first thing I want to show you here is going to be actually not in the actual workbook itself, but in the backstage of that workbook. And that's going to occur over here under the file menu. And we're going to drop down over here to the info menu. Okay. And from that info menu, I actually want to talk a little bit about this real quick, which is... Uh, there we go, which is the properties section of your workbook. And in this property section, there's some pretty cool stuff that you can actually do inside of here that you should know about. Uh, specifically, this could be a great place with respect to kind of documenting your uh, workbook. And you should know that this information that's presented inside of the property section, this is all metadata related to the workbook. And this is a great place, for example, to put a title to your workbook, tags, uh, specific categories. You can list and look at, for example, the different dates of when this was created or printed or modified. And you can also look at the different authors and people who are associated with this. You should know that the information presented in this is also included in the Windows and Microsoft Office search. So it is in your interest, for example, to come on over here when you're writing something, let's just say it is a uh, 2022 budget, to give it a title. You can also use the information presented inside of the documents section here to produce, um, you could actually use it inside of the Excel workbook itself. Now down here over the people, this is a great way to be able to, to track who created a document. Uh, so I can either add an auditor, aud author or I can replace an author with this. And if we happen to be using like Office 365 and we type out a person's name as an example, we can go ahead and uh, map this over to their 365 account and it will then map to that specific person. Okay. Now, one other thing that you could do here if you come up here to properties and select this advanced properties, you can access all of this in the actual um, uh, Windows Explorer interface. And from here, you can also click over here to custom and you can create your own little metadata fields for this as well. So if I wanted to create something like maybe track the partner who's associated to a specific document, I can go ahead and create a field called partner. 
Over here, I can go ahead and put in the name. Let's say Steve Yoss as an example here. This will track that specific metadata, in this case, partner, or it could be client, or it could be something else like that. Again, one of the big reasons is why you would want to do this. So you can find this document later on. Uh, but creating kind of the structure with respect to the document properties here is a great way to keep track of your files and a great way to provide the necessary metadata to really understand where and how this uh, document is uh, produced. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at our next feature as well, which is going to be comments and notes with respect to your workbook. And let me just talk broadly here just for a second with respect to how I typically design my workbooks. There are two different ways I do workbooks. Uh, I will do, you know, if it's a one-off type thing, like an ad hoc, you know, project, you know, somebody calls up and says, Steve, I need to understand my inventory profitability and uh, I just need an answer to this. I will go ahead and just do it as quickly and as efficiently as I possibly can, meaning I'll just do the work. Okay. But if it's going to be something that I'm going to do either what I consider a high value workbook, something that's going to be done uh, month in, month out, week in, week out, that's going to either be handed off to a team to maintain in the future, or it's going to be used for presentation, I'll create what I consider a high value workbook. And I'll typically try to set this up with a little bit more effort and thought into the long-term use of this particular workbook. And one of the things that I will often do is I will separate the work into a couple of different categories. I'll have, uh, for example, a workbook that's set up with just my assumptions, okay? And in that assumptions uh, section here, I'm gonna isolate all the variables related to my workbook. And that would be things like, in this case, like the AR period or the days that I expect something to be in inventory or my sales tax rate. Uh, my amortization rates, depreciation rates, whatever I might be, I'll try to put into a single assumptions tab and then use that as a reference in all of my other worksheets going forward. The benefit being is in this assumptions tab, it's kind of like mission control. I've got like this centralized place where I can put all of my variables. And if I want to update, you know, my AR period, or I want to update an interest rate, I'm not having to change that in three or four different places. It's in one central place. Now we can also benefit this by using what are called uh, defined names, which I'll talk about a little bit later on. And this is also benefited by using tables which I'll also talk about a little bit later on, which essentially allow us to, instead of using the cellular reference of something, like, hey, go to worksheet one and reference uh, you know, cell B6 here, but rather I can give it a friendly name of AR collection period. And it knows exactly what I'm talking about. It knows when it sees inside of a formula, AR collection period, oh, Steve is talking about cell B6. Uh, and that little trick right there, man, does it save you a lot of time with respect to uh, how you're going to calculate your uh, your formulas. You don't have to remember where things are located. You just have to remember what you called it. Okay. Now that combined with tables are a fabulous way to kind of reduce your effort. Now, in addition to like the assumptions, what I also try to do is I will try to separate the underlying raw data from the work and transformation layers from the presentation layers. Meaning, ideally, when I'm structuring a workbook, um, when I structure my particular workbook, what we will end up uh, seeing here is that we'll have like almost three sets of worksheets. One set of worksheets will deal just with raw data. And what I ideally want to see happen with respect to my raw data is I want it to come in in the exact form the system that produces that raw data 
generates it. So if it's a QuickBooks report, it basically is just a dump of the GL. It looks exactly the way that it comes out of QuickBooks inside of that raw data layer. The main reason of this is so that when I go to do my work in the future and I update that, well, all I have to do is just dump in a new version of that report and it'll update everything else. Ideally, your transformation layer and your presentation layer, they're all formula driven. Uh, ideally, especially for something that you're gonna do month in, month out, Everything is formula driven between the raw data and the transformation, which is where you do your cleanup and your work and the presentation so that in the future you just update the raw data and it just updates accordingly. Now, in today's world, in 2022, though, we've got this incredible tool over here, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, called Power Query. This is going to be over in the data ribbon. And on the far left here, you'll see Get and Transform. Okay, and then you'll see Queries and Connection, these guys right here. And uh, boy, howdy, is this probably the best feature and function that's been added to Excel in 20 years. We'll be talking about this uh, later on. Now, these tools take the place of that raw data uh, set of worksheets where we can just basically hook Excel directly up to a data source. That data source can be dynamic. It could be a database. It could be QuickBooks. It could be Zero. It could be SAP. It could be Oracle. It could be whatever you want it to be. It could also be data from the web. It could be data from other workbooks. And instead of having to have a whole series of transformation workbooks, we can do almost all that work directly in Power Query. It cuts down the amount of work that we have to do uh, dramatically. This is what we call an ETL tool, extract, transform, and load. It extracts data, you can clean up that data, and then ultimately load that data wherever you happen to need it being. And it will remember how it connected to that data. You hit this refresh button, it goes back and it grabs whatever data you needed uh, according to either the period that the report is supposed to be in, or it can grab everything, it can grab a specific client, a project, whatever else you might need. Okay, and so uh, these are kind of my general principles. Uh, I, I try to, again, this sounds bad, but go with me here. I try to be lazy with my work in the sense that I try to do this work once and then make it as repeatable as I possibly can. Uh, I will spend up to twice the amount of time on that initial design of the workbook, uh, sometimes even three times if it's going to be a big workbook that I'm going to do and use repeatedly here because it is something where the ROI on my investment of time could end up uh, end up uh, paying off in spades with respect to uh, uh, the with respect to the uh, recovery on that time there. Okay, so now now that we've known this, let's also talk about how we can essentially document our workbook a little bit more effectively. Okay, and uh, we actually have two different ways that we can document our workbook. We've got, for example, our uh, notes, and we also have our comments that are presented inside of here. And, and David writes, how do I get my name to show up in the notes? Well, let's talk about that for a second here, David. Now, you got two different things here. You know, you can create a note and you can create a comment. And what's confusing is that in prior versions of Excel, uh, comments were notes, um, but now, sorry, let me think about that again. Yeah, notes were comments. And now we refer to them as notes. They're actually two different intended 
purposes of this. What you see here, this is a good example of a note. We can also do what is called a comment. And you, if you right click on a particular cell, you'll see down here, there is an option for both of those. Uh, notes are the traditional way of adding some documentation with respect to a cell. They're indicated by a little red tick mark in the upper right hand corner. We can also do a comment, which is a newer form. And I'm going to encourage you to use that one if you happen to have an Office 365 account here. And uh, that will allow you to not only provide some, some, uh, information inside of a cell, but it's also a great way to be able to share a file with a colleague and ask them a question. Okay, we can do that by coming over here, right clicking and selecting new comment. And you'll notice with this particular newer version, it actually shows up in purple. Okay, so when you see uh, red, that is a uh, note. And when you see this in purple, that is a comment. We'll talk more about comments here in a moment. Okay, so how do you add a note or comment? Again, it's as simple as just right-clicking it. Uh, if you wanted your name to show up there, David, if you come on over here to the file menu and drop down here to the options, okay, it's going to pick up whatever you got listed right here. You'll see it says personalize your copy of, of uh, Microsoft Office. In this case, my username here is listed. That is going to be the username that is listed inside of both comments and notes. Oh, I'm sorry, just inside of uh, notes. Comments is going to pick up whatever your Office 365 username in here is. So in this case, I'm Johnny Demo. So when I create a comment, it will be as Johnny Demo. Okay, so with respect to these things, it's as simple as just right-clicking. Let's go ahead and drop in our new note here. And I might have a note saying, uh, this was determined by the CFO on six, 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 six. Okay. Might be something like this. Now I'm going to point out, you could print these things pretty simply here. Uh, if you come on over here to your page layout, you'll notice inside of many of these different office menus, there's a little arrow pointing down on the lower right-hand side of this. And uh, if you click that little guy, what that means is that there's a sub-menu here. There's more menu options that are presented in the application. If you just click this, this is gonna go ahead and open up our page setup. In this case, we can access everything related to printing inside of uh, Excel. Lots of print features here that you should know about. Um, we'll talk about those maybe a little bit later on. Uh, but I wanna draw your attention over here to the Sheet tab. And from the sheet tab, you'll see there is an option here that says comments and notes. And you can either not print them at all. You can also print them where they are currently inserted or my personal preferences at the end of the sheet. And I find these to be a great way of pr producing maybe work papers or notes to your work papers. And then having a nice way of being able to print those later on when you need to put them into the file for the client. Okay, we've added a couple of different notes here. If we go and we print this particular document and we come to the end of our document, what we're gonna see here is whatever notes or comments that we've provided, they will get printed as the final page. It'll show us where that note is located, who created that note, and then what that note ultimately is. Okay, now let me show you another really cool feature here. This is with respect to comments. And this is an Office 365 only feature and specifically it is a subscriber feature. So you need to be running Office 365. You need to have a license uh, to be able to use this feature effectively, but it is called comments. 
So with these comments work exactly the same way as notes. They put a little tick in the upper right hand corner. The way we create them is identical. We're going to go ahead in this case, create a new comment here. Okay. And we can go ahead and create a comment, but if we save this file inside of office 365, we can share this comment with other people and they can get notified that we're asking them a specific question. And you can do so by using an at sign and then topping the person's email or their name. So if I wanted to comment out to myself, I could say Steve and it would go ahead and work. Now you notice here, I'm doing the at Steve and it's not working. The reason that's not working is because this is not saved inside of Office 365. Uh, we would want to either come over here and go ahead and select save as, and then save it inside of Office 365, that would work. Or we can come up here to the upper right-hand corner and select the share icon and uh, in selecting this as a component of sharing this, this will also save it to 365, either in OneDrive or in SharePoint. Let me just quickly save this inside of my 365 account. Okay. Several different features pop on once this has been saved inside of 365. Real quick, some of my couple of my really particular favorite ones. Uh, if I come up here where it says the file name, if I click this, uh, first things first, I can retitle this. I just love this feature. So if I want to call this one comments and notes, I can retitle this document without having to save as, and if it's saved inside of 365, you can also click over here. You'll see this little version history button. Okay, when we save something inside of 365, it is perpetually auto-saved. Every time we make a keystroke, it's being saved here and it's automatically being backed up for us, okay? And uh, we can click over here to this version history and we'll actually see a history of this particular document listed here. And so if we need to modify this particular document by going back to the prior version, we can easily go do so, okay? Which is pretty nifty and at some point, we could go ahead and choose to revert if we so desire. Okay. And we can also easily and quickly share with respect to this particular file uh, to other people if we'd like to. So if we want to be able to share this out with other folks, we can go ahead and do so. I'll show you that here just in a moment as well. But I want to create a comment. So I'm going to go ahead and right click here, create a comment. Now, because this is saved inside of 365, if I comment out in this case to myself, steve.yas, at uh, Steve Yas at Debmatics, I can go ahead and I could write a note to myself. Can you please confirm this number like this? And we'll go ahead and send this. And what this will do is it'll pop up and it'll prompt me to uh, grant access to this particular person and it will automatically send them a copy of this particular workbook. And to be clear, it's actually not a copy, but rather a link and they can then get inside of this particular workbook and produce whatever questions or answers or whatever we're asking them to do, they can go ahead and do so. They actually can get into this document in real time. We both can be in this document in real time. We both can be updating and editing this document in real time. There's actually no, sh uh, there is no secondary copy being sent, but rather we both now have access to this document in real time because it was sent out using uh, 365. Okay. So 365 is going to manage and take care of the sharing uh, automatically. And it will have sent me. And if I get a second here, if I can get it to pop up, I'll show you what that email looks like, but it actually sent me a comment and I will see that comment pop up in my inbox. And I can actually respond to that comment directly in my inbox. So if you're asking somebody a question on a workbook, 
guess what? They can quickly and easily uh, be able to respond to that without even having to go inside of Excel. If we click over here to comments, we'll actually see a listing of those comments listed here. And so uh, personally, I use this as a great way of controlling work papers. And so if I wanted to, you know, provide some additional context questions to a partner, to a manager, there's a great way to be able to track these. You can have multiple mentions or comments inside of a specific comment here. And if you click these little three dots, you'll see you have a, even have the option to select resolve thread. So if this question gets answered, uh, we can go ahead and resolve it. We can mark that question as being closed. Alrighty, so I got that email here. Let me just go ahead and pop it up. I'll show you. So here is that email that came in with respect to uh, that particular um, uh, with respect to that particular comment here. We can either go to that comment or we could actually respond directly inside of this if we were inside of uh, Outlook, and it will actually post that comment back to that person. Okay. And so we can come on over here and if we wanted to, as an example, you know, mention or, or provide some, a little bit more information. Okay. Like this, and it's going to keep track of that commentary and those open questions related to this document. All right. One last thing I'm going to point out with respect to, uh, comments and, you know, really kind of around uh, the Office 365 sharing. I mean, this is the best way of being able to collaborate on a document by far. Uh, when you share a document using 365, everybody can get access to it at the same time. We all can be working on this document together and we don't run the risk of creating different versions. I'm going to talk about the Inquire toolbar here in a little bit. And we've got this option here, comparing files, which is useful if you have two static Excel files and you want to compare them next to each other. But the best way to never have the to deal with this is to never create two versions of the file to begin with. And that could come from this share feature. And this share feature, frankly, folks, is fantastic. It gives you the ability to be able to have multiple people inside of a workbook at the same time. And let's do a quick example of this just to kind of illustrate how simple and easy this is to share. We click the share button in the upper right-hand corner. And from that share button in that upper right-hand corner, we can uh, then share this out with specific people. We can click this link and we can adjust and modify who should have access to this. So we could specify specific people and just email it to them directly. In this case, I'm going to go ahead and say everybody, and I'm going to give you the link here. I want you to come in just so you can see how this works. Okay. And we could designate whether or not this allows for editing. So uh, if people are allowed to update this, one of my favorite two features here is that we could set an expiration date with respect to our documents. And by default in our organization, the longest a document can be shared is a month. There are so many examples of people having data breach incidences in their organizations by publicly sharing things they shouldn't have shared or sharing something and then it is shared for too long. Uh, I love the fact that in 365, you could specify the time period. In our case, it's a month. So if I wanted to only share for a week, I could lower the uh, threshold here. So maybe we just say it is no longer going to be shared after June 30th. I could even set a password that would require you to put that in before accessing this document on the web. Now I can either email this out or I could just copy here with the link and I'm going to go ahead and drop this link into our chat. And if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and click that link. You'll see that pop up in your browser. You can also open it up inside of uh, Excel as well, if you'd like. And we can actually get multiple people inside of this document at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so if you'd like, you can try giving that a link and we'll see that there will be multiple people that will pop up here. And uh, inside of uh, this document, we can have, I think the most I've ever had is like 70 people at a time inside of a single document, which is pretty nifty uh, in terms of being able to operate this. Give me one second here. Okay. And we all can be operating inside of this document at the same time, which is really, really kind of useful. And we'll see those changes occur uh, with whatever those people happen to be doing. And in fact, I'm logged in here under my other account right now, and you'll see that that SY has popped up. Ah, okay, hold on. Let's try this one more time, actually. I think I actually had something in there that I was not supposed to have, which was the scenario manager. Thank you, Luis. Let's try this one more time with this blank workbook. So we're going to go on over here and let's just go ahead and share this. Let's save this. Unfortunately, there are a couple of examples of uh, features and the scenario manager is one of them. I believe custom views is another one that uh, unfortunately, if you have inside of this, there's not many, there's only a handful that uh, won't work. Uh, but this is, uh, I, I didn't know that was in that specific, uh, in that specific file. So I'm just going to create another blank one here and let's try this one real quick. All right. This one is completely blank. So you shouldn't have any issues with that. And, uh, once this is shared here, okay. Once this is shared, you should all be able to get in and uh, be able to access this. And sure enough, we've got six people in here. Go ahead and give me my give me your prediction on who's going to win the World Series this year. Uh, and you can go ahead and put it wherever you'd like. But I've had as many as seven people inside of a workbook all at the same time. And this is by far my preferred way of being able to share workbooks and have multiple people be able to communicate uh, together inside of this. Okay. So if you're using Office 365, this is a feature that's included in your account. Yes, so now it is shareable uh, that uh, you can consider using, and this will save you a tremendous amount of time. Uh, as I mentioned, unfortunately, there are a few features. The scenario manager, I didn't know it was in that other workbook here, so that's a non-comparable, uh, 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 sorry, a non-go uh, non in terms of features, but good news is the scenario manager, for the most part, is pretty legacy, so I wouldn't worry about it too much. All righty, very cool. Thank you, thank you, folks. Let's go ahead and move on and go ahead and talk about our next feature. And that we've talked through the 365 sharing comments and um, notes. And let's go ahead and talk about the Inquire toolbar. And I'm going to go ahead and close my workbook here. And let's go ahead and open up our next example, which is going to be our Inquire toolbar. All righty. Now, the Inquire toolbar is a pretty useful tool. It is over here. And in the Inquire toolbar, you've got several features, including workbook analysis, the ability to be able to diagram the relationships between cells, worksheets, and workbooks, compare files, as well as clean access formatting. Now, unfortunately, this is a only available to specific versions of Excel. If we come on over here to the file menu, and from the file menu, drop down here to account. And from account, uh, there's a couple of things I want you to know. 
about your 365 uh, or your Excel installation here that are useful for you to be able to uh, to know about. Okay, and first thing is is going to be what method that you've licensed Excel. Excel can come a couple of different ways. Excel can come as a perpetual license, meaning you buy it, you own it, uh, and that's the way it usually was sold. Where if there was another major upgrade, you know, you paid for it if you wanted it. Otherwise, you'd use the old version. Well. In 365, it's subscription now, okay? And there's actually several different versions of 365. There's business, and then there's uh, home, and then there's also enterprise. So the Inquire toolbar requires you to have a enterprise version of Office 365. It also requires, if you're not using 365, but an older version, what we call the Pro Plus version of Excel. Uh, so if you don't see enterprise, and if it doesn't say Office Pro Plus, unfortunately, this will not be a tool you can use okay but if it does this is something that you can choose to enable okay so you want to know how you licensed excel you want to know what version of 365 you have that's going to tell you that here there's three other things you should know as well if you drop down here to about excel this is going to show you what version in this case i'm running 2205 which is the latest uh, it was updated in 2022, 05 is May. We can see the specific build. We can also see the current channel. That's the updates that I'm expected to get. So in this particular case, I'm on the current channel. So I'm gonna get the most recent updates as they are available to the public. Yours might say semi-annual channel as an example here. Okay, and if last thing, if we click over here to about Excel, the last little bit that's super useful for you to know is right at the end, it'll tell you what bit version Excel you have. This is either gonna say 64-bit or 32-bit. If you have a lot of memory on your computer, you absolutely wanna make sure you're running the 64-bit so that Excel can take advantage of uh, the additional memory space. If it says 32-bit, Excel's gonna be limited to four gigabytes of memory, which is gonna be an issue if you're running very large workbooks and you're looking to do data analysis on you know a million rows or more. Uh, but hopefully you're running the 64-bit version. The only reason I would run the 32-bit if I had some sort of plugin or tool that required that 32-bit version to be used. Now, to enable the Inquire toolbar, we're going to come down here to the Options menu, and from the Options menu, we're going to go ahead and select Add-ins, and the Inquire toolbar is a COM add-in, and so down here at the bottom, you'll see Manage Excel add-ins. We're going to go ahead and change this to COM add-ins, and then we're going to go ahead and enable other features. In this case, we can enable Power Pivot, we can enable the Inquire toolbar, Data Streaming, Power Map. These are all tools that could do additional features and functions for Excel. Okay, and once that's enabled, if you come over here, you should see the Inquire toolbar and you can run analysis on a workbook. Now, I'm going to quickly go through these features for you here. Uh, now, if you, for example, have a workbook and it's a big workbook and you want to analyze the whole workbook in the sense of getting a, a trying to ascertain how big, how many worksheets, what formulas, errors, that could be a really big task. I get people that email me all the time. Like, hey, man, I can't get this to work. Hey, I'm, I can't get this to balance. Can you help me out? Uh, and the answer is always yes. I'm happy to help you. Um, the tool I will often run to double check, you know, if there's any particular formula issues or errors with respect to that workbook, well, it's going to be the workbook analysis feature. Okay, and what the workbook analysis feature does is it runs at a very high level a deep analysis of the actual workbook itself and will show me uh, through a report 
everything that you could possibly think of. You know, it'll show me, for example, uh, how many links are in this workbook, how many sheets are in this workbook, what's visible, what's hidden. It'll show me all the formulas for this particular workbook. It'll show me errors, uh, hidden stuff, warnings, so on and so forth. And it'll actually spit out a summary workbook, is, which is what we've got over here. And it'll give me a worksheet for every specific thing inside of this. And so I can go look at all the formulas for a particular uh, Excel workbook without actually having to go look at every single worksheet and every single formula here. I can, for example, analyze uh, a specific workbook and it'll show me are there third-party links? What's the formula that's being presented there? What is the current value of that without actually having to uh, go and examine that workbook myself? Okay. So kind of cool with respect to how this will calculate. And uh, we can see the visible sheets, hidden visible sheets. Uh, there's one in here for errors, which is usually where I kind of go to immediately. That errors formula uh, will show me if there's any errors in the workbook that could be really useful to know. Now, there's like 50 worksheets inside of this workbook. Let me show you something quick that's kind of useful. If you have a workbook with lots of worksheets in it, you want to navigate this effectively, you need to know about the activate window. Okay, down here in the lower right-hand corner, you'll see there are two little arrows. If you click these little arrows, this will move the listing of our worksheets from side to side. If you right-click between these two little arrows, it's going to pop up the activate window. And what's kind of nice with this is that you can navigate the whole workbook really quickly and just select the one thing you need, and it will pop you directly over to that worksheet, which is super useful. Okay, so something you should know in terms of, uh, of uh, how this analysis comes in. And if you need that specific thing, it is a really, really, really useful tool that you can consider using that will, um, that will show you uh, how a workbook comes together. All right, so let me go ahead and show you another useful tool, which is going to be the inside of the inquire toolbar here, it's going to be the diagram view. Now the diagram view is a tool that we can use that will help us understand the relationship between cells, worksheets, and workbooks. And from here we can, for example, analyze, let's go ahead and do the worksheet relationship here. It's going to tell us the relationship of this worksheet compared to other worksheets. And it will show us, for example, how this workbook comes together. And if there are dependent formulas between these different worksheets with each other, we can do this at the workbook level and also at the cellular level where we can tell it, for example, to look across multiple worksheets, multiple workbooks. We can tell it how many levels to go down and it will analyze this particular thing and give us a diagram of how that particular cell comes together. So that can be really, really useful with respect to uh, understanding uh, the nature and the relationship of a um, cell to other cells and tracing both the dependent and precedent cells on how something is calculated. All right, let's go ahead and show you this other one over here, which is going to be our compare files. Okay, our compare files allow us to be able to compare two different workbooks to each other and then be able to understand and analyze if there are some differences between those workbooks. So I'm gonna go ahead and open up our compare one and two, just so you can see these items next to each other. And I'm gonna go ahead and close our other worksheets here.
and we'll open up one and two. All right, so here's kind of my go-to example for where the compare could be really helpful. Okay, budgeting. Budgeting for most organizations is a pain in the neck. And uh, often, you know, we're doing a lot of this inside of Excel. It's typically very manual. And with respect to this process, it's often somebody in the in the financial office putting together a spreadsheet, sending it out to somebody else, asking them to complete it, and then hopefully they complete it the way you wanted them to complete it. And, you know, you might have sent a file out and they might have sent a file back and you might be in an instance where you need to compare these two next to each other. Okay. And you probably have done this song and dance before where you are just kind of alt tabbing between files, uh, trying to figure out what is difference between these two, you know, and doing this little song and dance. Okay, well, there is the Inquire toolbar, and inside of the Inquire toolbar, you got to compare files, okay? And I'm going to show you that here in a minute. Let me just show you one quick trick when you do need to compare things, and this isn't really an Excel thing specifically, but more of a Windows thing. You can easily split your screen in Windows 10 and 11 using what's called Snap Assist. Okay, and using your keyboard shortcut, if you hold down the Windows key and then use the arrow directional pad like windows and left one of the cool things is that you can split your window exactly 50 percent vertically you can actually do quarters so if you wanted to go uh like a quarter 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 or if you want to do uh top and bottom you can do that as well i'm basically just holding down the windows and the uh in this case the left or or down arrow key and when you release that what's kind of nice too is it'll pop up and it'll show your other active windows and you can quickly and easily put two things side by side with each other and if you're running Windows 11, it's actually simpler with the Snap Assist here. Uh, from here, you just need to hover over the Maximize, and you can then go ahead and split things really cleanly and easily. So if you just want to do a quick side-by-side -side analysis, the Snap Assist feature here is fantastic for that purpose. Okay, But we're going to use the Inquire toolbar. And so I've got version 1 and I've got version 2. I want to compare these two things next to each other. And so what we will end up doing is that we will end up... Uh, using that compare, uh, sorry, the compare tool. So we're going to come on over here to our inquire, and we're going to go ahead and select this compare files. Okay. And from this, we're going to specify, you know, version one against version two. And we're just going to specify the two files that we'd like to compare with each other. Okay. I will point out, you don't want to compare something, you know, apples to oranges here ideally you've got two versions of the same spreadsheet you just want to compare the data uh, if they're too drastically different you're just going to end up with everything being different that really won't be that helpful for you uh, so in this case we're going to go ahead and select compare and it's going to load up a separate window here and from this separate window we can actually look and view a side-by-side -side comparison of these two files with each other and we can actually see through different colors what's changed and there are several different types of changes it could be a structural change it could be that the formula changed the provided value changed the calculated value changed so on and so forth and in this particular instance we can see that one number changed from 300,000 to 200,000 we can see these things side by side and if we navigate our different worksheets it'll pull all those differences out for us now, from here, we can go ahead and export these results to a separate workbook. We can also copy them to our clipboard if we'd like to do that as well. Okay, so great way to be able to, to compare two files with each other. 
Now I'm going to point out the same feature and function is also available in Microsoft Word. So in the Word, uh, if you come over here to review, you'll see there's an option here where you can compare two Word files. If you have the full version of Adobe Acrobat, you can compare two PDF files with each other as well. Uh, I will point out for the Word compare, no additional feature licensing required. It's in all versions as far as I'm aware. Uh, I will point out though for the PDF uh, for Adobe Acrobat, it requires the, not only a paid license to Acrobat, but the pro version, uh, which is the most expensive. I don't know why they feature like that to the pro version, but that's what they do. All right, let me show you one last feature as it relates to the compare toolbar. And it is a super niche uh, super niche feature, but man, I mean, does it really help you when you need it, which is this option of clean excess formatting. Okay. Uh, with respect to clean excess formatting, what this does, and it's a very, very, again, niche thing is it removes any formatting that is not required inside of your Excel workbook. Okay. Wherever the data is not needed, it will, or wherever there's formatting not needed, it will remove it. And it's this specific thing. Uh, if we all, I'm sure we've all had a workbook at one time or the other where somebody has stylized complete columns, like they select the whole thing here and they will turn the whole column green or yellow or whatever. Uh, I worked for years uh, with a company in uh, uh, Canada and they had uh, what they were affectionately referred to as the rainbow workbook, which was the workbook that they track their AR uh, and they literally would color different cells depending on the aging of a receivable. They had an accounting system. I don't know why they thought that was a better way of doing it, but that's what they did. And this workbook was like 100 megabytes in size and despite only having like three worksheets and only data. And it's because over time, highlighting whole columns, whole rows and changing the colors of these things actually makes the workbook bigger. Uh, because even though there's no data presented, okay, it still has to remember that all the way down here in row 1 million something something, it's green, it's it's peach, and it's yellow, okay? This actually makes your workbook a lot bigger. So one of the things that you can do to clean this up, you could delete all the cells that could take a long time. And if it's an extensive workbook, that could be very tedious to do. But if you come on over here to the Inquire toolbar under this clean Excel formatting, watch what happens with these uh, columns here. Okay, I'm going to tell it to apply everywhere. It will automatically remove un any unnecessary formatting. And this is a great way to drastically reduce the size of your workbook if you have this one specific need. So something cool, something for you to consider checking out. Um, again, it's a very, very niche thing, but uh, it's a useful thing to know. And it's a very useful tool if you need to kind of pull out at some point and uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, it's a very useful tool if you need to pull that out of your arsenal at some point. This concludes today's presentation. As a reminder, if you're watching or listening to our show on YouTube, Facebook, or elsewhere, you can earn credits by going to cpetoday.com and passing a brief five-question quiz. If you're a new watcher or listener to our show and you'd like to earn a credit, you can do so for free by using coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout. You can make today's class or any other class of your choosing 100% free with this code. Please consider reaching out and connecting with us on social media. You can subscribe to our channel on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook and more. Feel free to leave us a comment. 
Also, please consider subscribing to our show wherever you happen to receive your content, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and others. Thank you so much for being here. We look forward to seeing you back at the office the next time around.